All right, everybody, welcome back to the Codex West podcast. This is episode 7C, and today we're going to be talking about charity. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Weevilla. And Johnny Paglino. Hey, 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 hey. Um, if, if you didn't catch the earlier episodes this week, uh, last episode, uh, I was actually absent on account of uh, napping. I was taking a siesta to celebrate our Catalonia independence episode. <laughs> you just stop there. <laughs> is, is that racist? I don't know if it's racist. Braces against me. Um, right now, but. <laughs> and then for 7A, uh, the first episode this week, we talked about Destroyer's new album, Kin, which we were all firmly medium on. Um, yeah, hard medium. Hard, hard lukewarm. Yeah, so. yeah I definitely maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now, uh, today, like I said, we're going to be talking about charity. Um, I know Johnny had some ideas about how we're going to start this off, uh, so I'm going to let him take the floor. Um, okay, yeah, just, uh, uh, I'm just going to apologize if my dog starts freaking out at some point, because apparently there's some breakfast on the way from Uber Eats. Well, so he it, good boy mostly. Um, <laughs> he mostly good boy, but good sometimes, boy, you know. He attack, but he protect also. Yeah, he, he's, he's like protect. over it. Yeah, he's a good boy, but like, he's gonna like ruin the podcast. But <laughs> no, dude, Kaiser's a good boy. I'm fine with that. He, I, I love it good It can't boys. be as bad as the time the guy dropped a dryer down the stairs while we were recording and we had to cut like a whole minute of me talking. Probably. <laughs> Jacob honestly, finally found his great point and, and it was waited, ruined by... You just sat there and <laughs> silence and listen to this guy throw this washing machine <laughs> down the stairs of your apartment building. It was very funny. <laughs> we're a young startup. We're still working out of our bedrooms. Like, we're going to have <laughs> There are going to be washing and... machines. There are going to be good <laughs> boys, be washing you know? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, the very serious topic of charity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, um, no, no. <laughs> so we're, I think we're going to be talking about it both, like, uh, conceptually and institutionally. So I guess we can, we can start there. Well, the idea is that, like, I would say, yeah, um... This probably doesn't seem like a very controversial topic, but, like, surprisingly, it was not hard to find, like, these huge diatribes, like, against the entire concept of charity. Yeah, I'm not surprised from people. Yeah, but not from, like, it, not from a point of selfishness, in fact, the opposite. So I think, you know, it might be helpful to kind of go through permeations of how we think about charity, you know, mm-hmm. and that maybe it's not... <laughs> All right, so, like, for instance... um. I have, I'll try to keep it somewhat anonymous, but I have a family story in my extended family where some of my relatives had a windfall of like a couple million dollars from this property deal. And um, the husband kept all of his money basically. And then the wife gave it all, all of it to the church, like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I can see this it turns out, <laughs> yeah, well, it turns out the church is one of those. Um, like, like without walls, I think was the, the actual me- the church. Like, churches, you know, you mean like the one mega of those, churches one of those scams. That, yeah. like anoint your dollar bills in oil. You know, like <laughs> yes, yeah, it was like the <laughs> like different no, colors oil the packets. Their seed just yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking strange. Turn your um, turn your hundred dollar bill into a into a paper airplane and send it <laughs> on the Lord's wind. You know, like. <laughs> It's like, yeah, pretty much, man. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's the, 
the prosperity gospel. You know, you give some money and it's supposed to like get you into heaven. Yeah, that's uh, what even though the Bible like, what, particularly like, you know says like, that's impossible. That like a, aren't there like mainly Protestant churches? And isn't that like the whole point of the Reformation? Like, wasn't that Martin Luther's point in the first place? I don't know, man. Look, but, what about uh, indulgences? Selling indulgences. You give <laughs> yeah. money to the They sell indulgences out here. Oh, my God. It's, it, see, you guys are just sycophants. You know, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> We're apostates. <laughs> Tithing is in the Bible, bro. I don't know if yeah. you can reform the Bible, but... Philistines. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, anyway, so it turns out, like, the, the church that she gave all this money to, like, they got, you know... It was like this whole tax fraud scheme. Oh, nice. And oh. the money just went nowhere, right? That was it. It was just gone. And so this is like, I just wanted to bring this up just at the beginning that like, um, there are, you can't just like, it does like, when it comes to charity, there's some way in which we look at that situation. We go, okay, like, yes, like the church itself was like really at fault, but also there was some onus on the person giving this clearly like, you know, uh, <laughs> dubious church, right? Any amount of money, right? And so there, it's a way of just like demonstrating that there are um, still like you can't just give charitably without thinking at all, right? Like there has you're not excused, or it's not virtuous is a better way of putting it to just give money, right? Charitably, like there is an onus on you to there's oversight. You have to you have to have some yeah. oversight because that money could have well, like there's like uh people in need in that same family right mm-hmm. and that money could have went to helping them and like bettering their lives instead it went all to, to right and so there was a way in which that there was something completely unvirtuous about giving the money in an incorrect way yeah right? totally um and so you have to think about how you're um giving charitably and so this is comes to basically like what is right now the most like um popular view on this which is like a a brian singer is sort of like the champion of this which is effective altruism which is like it's not enough to just uh you have to really think about you have to do a lot of research and you have to think about where your money is going to best it seems pretty uncontroversial but it turns out um there's some implications to this for instance right like if i'm like one, one thing that we used to do was um, give like every my mom and I we would go to the children's home mm-hmm. every Christmas and give gifts like you know like Nintendos and shit like that mm-hmm. where like they weren't like you know it wasn't like food to the needy it was like giving it was quality of life joy. yeah right which is like at one end like um, it's really hard like I have at least a hard time thinking that was like not, uh, like yeah, well, I just, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I, 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 yeah. There's, um... but it's it's clear that like um, a lot of that money could have like gone more. There was a better way of using that money to help more people, right? Like one Nintendo's probably three hundred hungry mouths. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it's um, like 300, 300 hungry mouths that like probably have like very poor quality of life. So it's it's like are you, and, and are you the, better? Like are you is the maximum suffering reduced? Like. Uh, it is suffering and, reduced more by Nintendos than, like, rice? I think you're bringing up an interesting idea, which is that, like, um, thinking about... I mean, just, it's the problem with any, like, utilitarian stance ethically is that the it opens yourself up to needing to quantify um, right. the maximum good, but, like, that's, like, <laughs> that's one of the oldest... 
it's like problems in philosophy is what is you know what is not the good at all right and so i think you're you, i like i i don't know if there is an answer to that and so there's a way in which that can be you know if you're trying to think in like a like effective terms mm-hmm. um it's always going to run into ambiguities mm-hmm. although like you know at the same time, there's pretty clear-cut cases where if you're just giving, you know, between the the church example and giving money to starving kids, like, that seems very clear-cut, even <laughs> yeah, though sure. the, the term itself well, is well, ambiguous. Well, actually, kind of just to point something out, like, to give, to give some props to uh, uh, your mother on doing this with you, there is something to be said for, like, when you have, when you're trying to, like, teach a child about... Um, about ethics charity. and charity, like specifically, like what it means to be a virtuous per- person and like a generous and giving person, there is something easier to uh, like. It's something very relatable to a child to go give it, like a child in need, like a child in need, a child living because you a know home, how good it feels like a Nintendo. To have a Nintendo, and you get to like yeah. see the, well. And not only do you know how good it feels to have a Nintendo, but you get to see how much they like the Nintendo, which makes you understand your action of charity. Um, uh, like more completely. Oh, that's a good point. Right? Yeah. And so I think that like, um, I think there is something to be said for like, what, like, what are you trying to achieve out of the, the actual action that you're doing? Right. In this case with your mother and you, I think that one of the reasons like, you know, uh, she could have just sent money in somewhere. Right. Instead of like, you know, yeah. to some, um, uh, organization or something like that. Right. But instead it was about bringing you physically to go participate in that experience. Right. And to like fully immerse yourself yeah. in the action. Now, if that's the idea, then the idea is to teach you what it means to be virtuous and why, like, you know, on, on a more fundamental side, why you give to charity. And the truth of the matter is it works. Do you know what I mean? Like you're a generous person. Yeah. You know? There's like a, I think what you're describing is like a, a kind of calculus, right? Yeah, like of if you're, um, what we, Another way of thinking about like the church example is like if you like if I were to just give away all of my money right now, sell everything I had and give it away, I'm most likely going to hinder myself in the future from giving more or being Very able true. to like give more than so it you have to like manage wh- what you reasonably will be able to do in the future. Mm-hmm. And one of those is like if you have a kid, right? Like teaching him things is like part of like your responsibility calculus where it's like okay like i um this kid will probably i can i could either just like give all of my money and not even tell him or something or like not even demonstrate to him the value of uh, charity on an emotional level while he's formative i could just not do any of that but i'm probably denying him I'm denying the world another charitable That's exactly giver that's, if I, that's like, what act I'm that in yeah, a way. Sure. And like you can like attack that sentiment, I guess. Like you could maybe not be convinced that like, you know, giving Nintendos to kids on Christmas <laughs> is actually like a, a formative <laughs> yeah, experience no, I, for yeah, your I child. Understand. But it's funny, yeah. It still demonstrates yeah, it still demonstrates that like there are, you know, there it's really difficult to just think about charity in terms of like Give, giving good, good and never bad, and giving. You know, yeah. yeah, I got you. Right. And then the other problem is, like, if you, like, we can't know the future, so a lot of that, you know, calculus is going to have to be, you know, just on the best information that we have, right? Like, it might actually make more sense for you to sell everything and give it away now because you could die tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But, like, we don't expect to die tomorrow, right? And, like, we can't really act on that knowledge because, like, 
like most likely we're not going to die tomorrow. We can only so, <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah. So um, that's some way to already kind of like start thinking about charity just outside of like um, you know creating maximum good. Um, thinking of it just in terms of quantity. But I know what we've like kind of researched a lot in, like against charity notions is that charity is some sort of like capitalist like mm-hmm. I don't even know how to put Construct. it it's like it, yeah it's like a, it's it's I don't know do you want to Mark do you want to go into I mean, yeah, uh, the thing I can that you watch yeah actually I, I would love to so I mean like there's another way of thinking about charity which is like the class analysis right so what's going on in a um like when when you give to charity the idea is that you are taking your you know, your private property and giving it over to some organization in order for them to go do some good in the world that is necessary, okay? Now, kind of the problem with that idea is that um, the idea of charity itself is tied inherently to capital. In other words, yeah, that, value. Uh, right? Uh, and, and it's not even that it's like, what I mean to say is that, you know, in, in the post-revolutionary workers' utopia, <laughs> you know what I mean? There, there's no need for charity, right? Um, but the thing is that like, that in the real world, I mean, we have to kind of go. And my, my dad always said, this is where I get those simple statements from. My, my father used to say, like, I would have this existential crisis of, like, how, why do you do anything if nothing matters, right? Uh, you know, when I was, like, 17 or something like that. And my dad goes, yeah. I don't know, you have to put on your pants tomorrow morning. And you're going to put on your pants tomorrow morning. <laughs> and I was just, blew my fucking mind, obviously. I was just like... I, I don't I don't know if that's true. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> pants don't always you, come on tomorrow morning. There are morning. days you don't put on pants, but you decide to not put on your pants. Do you know what I mean? So you did I something. <laughs> you're making a decision. But so, just do things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just do things. But um, uh, when it comes to, like, in the society we live in, it's really difficult to disconnect yourself from the, um, the relationship between charity and virtue that uh, living in, like, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not some, like, anti-capitalist, like, hardcore or anything. But what I'm saying is that when you live in a capitalist society, you think of charity as being inherently tied to virtue, right? When, right. Um, when the truth of the matter is that uh, in many ways... Charity has kind of, uh, like, you know, been hijacked by capital, right? So when you, you know, there's this great video uh, online where, where that's illustrating um, a, a Slavoj Žižek lecture, right? And it's, it's actually very cool. I sent it to Johnny and Jacob yesterday. But um, it's called, what, first is fallacy, about coffee then ethics. is farce or something like that. And the idea is he makes this point that when you go to Starbucks, right, and you purchase a coffee... What's going on is that, you know, if you look at the signs and everything, they say, oh, we buy, you know, the most fair trade coffee from only ethical farms in the world. Everything is organic, this, that, and the other. And for every cup of coffee you buy, we give so-and-so much back to these so-and-so people, right? And what those companies have done is that they have taken the two actions of consumerism and altruism and basically combined them into one single motion. Right. Mm-hmm. And what that allows you to do is not actually participate with your altruistic action, which is a way of shielding you from the other incredibly selfish things you do in your life. Right. So buying- yeah, I think the term he uses is like uh, when you uh, when you buy like 
at Starbucks, it's like you, you you're buying into your own redemption as a consumerist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he says he says you are all when you buy a cup of coffee, you are not just you are not just buying a cup of coffee. You are buying into a coffee ethics and so on and so on. Right? Um, Damn, it's good. Yeah, yeah that's really good. But so um, that's, that's great. I'm glad you like it. But so yeah, um, I actually use but I use coffee ethics all the time as a joke. So like you know you can use that for everything. I just think it's a great term. You know, if like uh, Brittany's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go pick my mom up from the airport. I'll be like, ah, oh, coffee ethics. Like you know, it doesn't even exactly. It doesn't fit. It's just really funny. But so um, the idea idea is that when you go and you buy Tom's, Tom's shoes is another great example. You, know, yeah, you buy one pair of shoes it. and they give a pair of shoes to some poor child in Africa or in some other uh, impoverished area of the world, right? And the idea is that you're not actually participating at all with the understanding that there are millions of people in the world, you know, billions of people in the world without shoes. Do you know what I mean? What it's done is yeah. that it's taken your kind of egoist a decision to purchase a pair of cool looking popular shoes and then combined it with this feeling of making you good. And so the idea is that like you actually feel more compelled to consume rather than give it because right. that's what becomes your new because outlet. you're consuming ethically exactly and I not did, just you are consuming quotes, ethics so you, you know what i mean it's not you're consuming ethically yeah. it's like they're selling you ethics Right. No, that's yeah, that's and, totally um, true. And so I just like yeah. my problem with this is like it's not like an attack on charity per se, but just like the ideology of charity. Oh, and right? yeah, like, and I, I mean, absolutely. Well, I mean, Slavoj Zizek. He even Slavoj Zizek is not like he even in saying that charity is bad. You know what I mean? No, right. This is like all leftist stuff. And like yeah. at the end, he's like, I'm, "It's not that I'm anti-charity." And it's just like, then what have you been talking about? <laughs> <laughs> He does that all the time. I mean, like, it, he does that all the time. Yeah. Like, he'll spend an hour talking about a subject and at the end being like, well, I'm not actually saying what I just said. I'm just saying what I just said. You know, like, <laughs> I'm, just say, I'm just saying, bro, it's just a prank. <laughs> it's just a prank. Yeah. Memes. Yeah, the, but, the superstar memes. communist meme philosopher from Slovenia is uh, pretty popular right now, you know? You never knew he'd save the world, but... <laughs> but he might. <laughs> not all heroes wear pants. <laughs> 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 that's fantastic but um yeah so like i think what he's attacked it's not necessarily like i i i i just think it wasn't an attack it was still useful information that video mm -hmm. because it does make you i think it almost just um in like reinforces the effective altruistic point which is that um you know you are not like going to buy coffee at starbucks and like a fraction goes to like the advertising costs of the charity itself to like <laughs> continue to uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where it doesn't really I mean, go this to is anyone. Actually, this, what's really funny is like that, that's exactly the whole point of effective altruism. Absolutely, like that is not you know that's not that, actually it's a not, charitable that's not action. A, and what's funny is that yeah. what's, when you when you go and you do something like that, it really is a way of you satisfying like getting your end of the charity satisfaction you give something to somebody and uh -huh. you feel good about it right and the whole idea is because you're making that person feel good when you go and you get like a half-assed you know altruistic motion and you know like one of the things i don't do i never give money to those 
things at Publix or like, you know, at a supermarket, they'll be like, do you want to give $2 to whatever? And I, I say, no, I do my own charity because Brittany and I actually do go and do a lot of research and, um, and give amounts to charity on a regular basis. But the idea is that we Ooh, do nice a lot signaling. of research for it, right? We find out, you know, they're like websites that help. Well, you, and, and my like, recommendation today, uh, today is going to be a website that, uh, has really good ratings. Uh, for we'll put it in the show notes. Yep, for charity. But um, I'm sorry. So where did this begin? It was the idea that um, you're doing research. You're not just like you know giving a dollar at Publix to go exactly. To, you know, and, and yeah, you don't. You, you can't be letting other people like. I mean, it's like any other way that you manage your money. You shouldn't let other people decide what that money does. Yeah, and I mean, it's not even that you need to make sure that like it, you can trust in people that they're going to go and do something great with it. What at the point I remember what Johnny said, he he says, you know, for whatever the amount is that is going to go to quote unquote go to the starving children or something charitable, like that, the charitable yeah. organization when you buy from uh from Cause. Uh, uh, Starbucks is um the the point is that uh, uh I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, certain a large amount of that is going to actually be taken up by literally printing the signs that you saw that on. You do yeah. you know what I mean? And for yeah, yeah, making yeah. the commercials and the newspaper hey! advertisements about Sorry. it. <laughs> hey, Kaiser! There's, the, there's that bark. <laughs> Sorry, a producer's making a lot of noise. Yeah, exactly. Kaiser the producer. Kaiser the producer sounds boy. like a dope hip hop artist. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> Just saying. saying. Young guys. But but yeah, so the idea is that like there's going to be a lot of overhead in these different private charities that you give to and not just not just, you know, to get outside of just the consumerist action. You know, if you go and you give to the Red Cross, the Red Cross is actually a poorly rated charity. Right. Um, Generally. Now, whatever that's based on particular criteria that you find important. Right. But then at the same time, there are other charities with very high overhead, right? In other words, that like for every dollar, something like 65% is going to administration and fundraising and all of that stuff, right? Or maybe even 70%, mm-hmm. right? So 30 cents on the dollar is actually going to the cause. But the charity is big enough that the amount going to the cause is substantially larger than any other charity organization in the in the space. Do you know what I mean? So... Um, I think that there's something interesting to be said for like, yeah, is it, does it like, you know, the, the amount of your dollar actually going to the cause? Yes, that absolutely matters. But at the same time, doesn't that, um, doesn't that just kind of weed out what might be actually really beneficial uses of money because conglomerated together, they do some type of grand good that would be harder to otherwise, uh, conglomerate. I guess that's a question I'm posing. Yeah, I mean, and it's like a, it's hard to answer. It's hard to identify as an individual because you never really, I mean, like we have, you have the the rating sites and things like that. But when you're donating to an organization, uh, what's the the mosquito net charity is supposed to be like one of the the highest rated in terms of like per dollar efficacy. Mm-hmm. But even some of those supplies are inevitably you're going to lose them to you know some African warlord or. Yeah, it's like the, the, uh, yeah. mitigating, <laughs> the mitigating factors of charity are concerning if you're approaching it from like the perspective of capital. Yes, definitely so. Um, There's also just way more hardcore arguments against charity like on the left than just like, you know, you can get like, you know, that it's not being effective or like, uh, you know, you're just 
a consumer. Well, that's yeah, it seems like the, the main counter argument <laughs> would be like uh, actual like personal action would be more effective. Well, no, I mean the actual charities. thing. You see, the whole um, I don't agree with this mentality. I, I think that like uh, I'm pro private property and pro charity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. At yeah. the same time, the point that the, the point that a lot of far leftists make is the idea that uh, systems of private charity undermine um, the uh, the public goods system. Okay, so in other words, like That's you know, entitlements yeah. programs and things like that. And on top of that, there is um, what's the what's the other argument? It's, oh, it, it also the idea is that it's actually masking the um, the effects of capitalism on society. Like private charity is a way of max of masking it from people actually noticing how bad capitalism is. Right. right. No, I'm not saying like, I yeah. agree with that. I'm just saying that those are the main points yeah. that you hear. No, the art. Yeah. There's also another one. It's like also that like in sort of concert with that that you're like sacrificing um, your moral convictions when you do like this one quote that I have from this article by this guy Matthew Snow who kind of goes through all like the leftist arguments against um, charity. One way he says, well, what he's attacking effective altruism in this part, and he says in this way effective altruism argument trades off an obvious moral truth without any mention of its direct tension with capitalist accumulation. That is, men and women with money and moral consciences, we can't put a price on life, mm -hmm. but as men and women participating in a system, system governed by the logic of capital, we must. Mm. So there's a way, you know, like you are, um, by participating in charity, you're putting a price on life, which is not a... Because you know it's like that. How much or are you going to give this person to save his life? life. Yeah, well, yeah. What Which you're I doing just, is that you're, I you're taking life and quality of life and applying an econo like an economics. In other words, you have to make yeah. value decisions, like based on actual yep. like quantitative values, right? So it forces you to have that um, internal conversation. Right, yeah. and I guess like okay, but are we just supposed to not do anything? Like not like they'll. I don't like eventually at some point these arguments just completely miss the point which is that um charity's like the best option we have like in For a capitalistic society you know yeah. right like there's one uh like another argument by this guy Paul Gomberg who's against uh effective altruism he says that um you know, uh, Singer's argument promotes political quietism by shifting our focus from political, social, and economic issues to abstract philosophical arguments. Absolutely. Yeah, that's where I would say it's the exact sense. opposite. I would just say it's the exact opposite, though. It's like if the, the effective qualifier or the in effective altruism, the effectiveness qualifier is already a concession yeah. that um, we have to think in terms of practical You're enacting. Like there's a practice. Yeah, there's a pragmatism. Than, yeah. The cause, which yeah. is like it doesn't have a, like just on 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 its mere concept alone, not its you know the people who participate with it and they bring in their other baggage, which is on the mere concept alone is like not a pro or anti capitalist position whatsoever. Mm. Um, it's just a position. It's just like a principle by which you should live, regardless of what kind of society. Yeah, selfless, in. selflessness in a capitalistic society is almost like uh, if you're participating in an act of selflessness, then you're like necessarily sort of breaking a paradigm. Yeah, and like it, you could think because it's like it's a timeless position that it is abstract, but it's actually just like a practical principle. Mm -hmm. It's like that's a different type of abstraction that it just applies. Mm -hmm. That's just, it's formal in yeah. that way. 
it's not abstract because you very much know how to enact it. The idea is to figure out how to enact it in every situation that you're in. And yeah. it also misses the, like, I think these like, um, like Marxist critiques of charity also kind of miss the point in terms of like what charity is, because I don't think charity just is about money, right? Like, um, in the philosophy of language, there's this thing called the principle of charity, which is like a interpretive, um, principle, which is that like, usually like, let's say you're like, um, this is going to be really crude. But let's say you are uh, trying to figure out, it's called like, I think Donald Davidson's, it's like a, this hypothetical thing of radical translation where you are looking at um, someone you don't know anything about their language, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to, over time, try and piece together what their language is. Yeah. One of the first principles you have is that that person has a body of beliefs such that like they're mostly consistent and that he's trying to speak to me in the most rational way possible right like obviously people don't always talk like that but if you're in an interpretive position then you that radical you have to have then, faith in that person that they're going to be right communicating the idea you. with radical translation then or with um a principle of charity in a interpretive context is that you are being charitable in terms of um your belief that the person you're speaking to is rational, right? right. Who's the receiving um, audience on the end of day? Like when you talk about charity or when you ha- participate in an act of charity? No, no, the char- you're giving charity, you're giving a charitable view, you're taking a charitable stance on the speaker's rationality. Oh, okay, oh, yes, for, for sure, I understand. Right, yeah. so um, the charity in that case is just like, uh, you know, the presumption that, the person is trying to speak to you faithfully, mm. um, which that doesn't. I, there were I don't even you know that level of charity, right? It do, it seems completely uh, like impervious to a Marxist critique because it's just not. There's I don't know what the communism of uh, not philosophy of language would look like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. Um, uh, but nonetheless, there's like a way in which we use the word charity in that case, and it, it means something. It, it, there's a way in which it still exists on the continuum of action that when you give to a charity, you give them money. It also works because you're, you have a faith in both cases that that money is going to help something, and that act itself is essential to the, um, the goal that you're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like a faithful one. Um, this is all just to show that whatever charity is, it's not just um, a like a financial action. It is a um, philosophical stance or attitude from which many different types of categories of actions can emerge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you are having a if your greatest critique on charity cannot exist outside of a class critique, then it seems as if what you're really arguing against isn't charity, but like it's just an instantiation of your argument against class. Oh, well, there's right? also, I mean, there's also something to be said for like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, no, that's enlightening only because um, I can, I can think of plenty of actions that are charitable that actually have nothing to do with class. Like, imagine, you know how like, like old people without kids in nursing homes, you can go and like, you know, hang out with them and play checkers or something like that. You, you know, yeah, you volunteer yeah. to do that. Those yeah. people might be far richer than you. Do you know what I mean? Like those old people could be millions. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? You have no idea. That doesn't matter. That's not why you're going to play checkers with them. 
Um, and that has very little to do with class. I mean, somebody would tell me that that has something to do with like, um, with like, uh, when we say class, you know, the items of class. So like old people are technically lower class, right? When we start to get out of right. that, but that's of like also the way, an overextension the or... of the concept of class and would kind of deteriorate. Um, it would start to dissolve other portions of, um, it wouldn't hold up with other portions of Marxist critiques. Right. So I think that that's yeah. actually an interesting way to put it is that like, you know, there are plenty of acts of charity that have nothing to do with class. So taking charity and trying to pigeonhole it into a purely um, into a purely class analysis doesn't actually get you very close to an answer of what the correct use of charity as a function is. Yes, I agree. I agree with all of that. <laughs> and um, that that's also to say another way of putting that is like even in your post-capitalistic society, like we will like if, like something like an effective altruism like would still hold. Yeah, you know, like it's not you know you could still be like you're saying like just because of everyone you know <laughs> uh, it, basically and like you know if everyone has what they need right mm-hmm. like you still are there's still so many other variables right yeah. like uh, you know are you happy. Like, that's sort of, you know, <laughs> that you could be as rich as you want and, like, that could still be a problem, right? Yeah, it's like giving, um, like, yeah, is the idea of giving joy to somebody else, that's obviously charitable, but it has nothing to do with, like, money. I mean, it's your time you're giving up, so it's, like, that's the charity you give, but there's so much more going on in the internet. Right. It's not like you just go sit in an old person's room. You, like, engage with them and talk. Like, there's so much more <laughs> you do in that charitable action than just give up your time, right? Because, like, here's yeah. a Here's a... Um, sort of to just go into a new direction. Um, what do you guys think about this little thought experiment? Like this one, art, this article that I was reading from before, it kind of opens up this um, with this thought experiment, which is like you guys know about like the um, when let's say you see like a, ch- a child drowning, mm-hmm. and uh, you are within, you know, it's within your abilities to, to save, save child. that child. Yeah, um, do you have an onus? to save that child um a lot you know like the obvious answer is like well yes it's within your reach it's not like you're giving you know just like it's 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 such a uh, obvious like <laughs> you need to help that kid drowning yeah. um but what if that kid is drowning with like outside of your reach but you could just save him if you sent like a dollar to like the guy <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like in some weird way like would that do you still have the same onus on to help that child well and then i think the, the 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 sort of the fatal flaw of this like thought experiment is the immediacy of the action is required like if a kid is drowning then you're compelled to act immediately right you, you have no you feel moral obligation because the kid will die if you don't act within a minute you know right in this other scenario, you're you're a you're not actually confronted with the problem, which I think actually plays into the ethics. Like if you're if you are not certain that that dollar is going to, I mean if you're if you're certain that giving a dollar to X charity is going to save somebody's life, then I think you're ethically obligated to do so. But when you aren't, like, the, is the act of giving money equal in any way to the act of physically saving a life? Right, I think this is where that that's pretty much where I would agree with is that like um there's a part of me is like yeah, like you do have a ethical responsibility to try your best. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we have enough information now to know that people are hurting, and if you have the expendable income, um, you should be doing things with it to help people. But it is a very different action than, you know, saving, like jumping into a pool of water to save a child. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I mean, there's, there's and, also something just very simply different about, like, it's not just when you said immediacy, the thing that I was actually thinking was, like, like practically. I'm at the water's edge. I can jump in and save the child. But, a, right. you know, a child in Eritrea dying of, um, of like, you know, uh, of, of famine. Cholera. Cholera, or, you know. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Loving the Cholera of or whatever is yeah. <laughs> my level of, uh, of Yeah, cholera or bust. <laughs> dying of obesity. Um, that's the name of my new charity, cholera or bust. But so, um, I don't know if that gives people cholera or cures cholera. I'm Pop your sure. cholera yeah, up. Exactly. It's got to do with Give cholera. to me your leather. Take for but, me my cholera. <laughs> Oh but God. it's like the same idea of like you know if there's a kid in in Africa that's you know that's you know dying of famine I can't like go give him a sandwich if there's a kid on my street dying of famine I can go give him a sandwich do you know what I mean yeah yeah um, and I think that that's like another thing that you know this thought experiment kind of um, uh, it, it, it tries to make a false equivalency in a certain way between the actions totally, even though yeah. i know how related they are and i understand the value of the experiment i think that there's something to be said for like you know i can i literally can right now do this or there's you and know, that yeah that makes me think of something else too it i think that like previously the the texture of this conversation has been sort of tied to a sense of global charity but isn't it more ethical to act locally in ways where not you're involved with the community in a way that you can ensure that your charitable actions are are maximally effective? Well, I'm sure that you your interaction ensure... would be more meaningful. When I say meaningful, I mean right, in a broader right, right. sense, right? Like you're you're like if you give to a charity, the charity goes and do, does something that's different than like being directly involved yourself and, it, yeah. it certainly like feels more ethical to do to to you know go work in a homeless shelter than it does to give ten dollars to you know like uh malaria net aids foundation or whatever yeah. well i think what you're saying is that it's like you you can be more certain of the impact of your actions if you're doing it yourself. certainty yes but there's also like a uh i guess a a very in a much more abstract way like a, a feeling of of efficacy that you don't get from from giving in, a, in other ways like my concern with charity isn't we, i have no problem giving money to charity but i would much rather act ethically in a daily sense where i can see the impact of my actions yeah uh, and, I and think, it has nothing to do well, with like here's it has, a, here's has to do with making me that, feel good about like myself I, it has everything to do with yeah. that could be like a class thing though because like i'm at like <laughs> would you say it's more ethical for bill gates to like you know give money to curing malaria or for him to like start a community garden no i think it's definitely or, more know, ethical like... for bill gates to eat like local raw vegan like bill gates himself cooking dinner for everybody at the mcdonald house right. and like that's all the charity he does you know what i mean like like it would be outrageous if like that's like what his foundation did i mean <laughs> i think it would be like logically consistent for me to say yes though and also feel the idea of like you know walking down the street in seattle and like you know, hanging out with Bill at the homeless shelter is also 
that's actually that's that's a pretty (laughs) that would be a pretty impactful thing for him to do actually i certainly feel better about it yeah like you would i don't know if he would i mean i just also think that like i mean he runs like you know they started a charity it's not like you just give it up it's that you're like involved in it and you know all this stuff yeah i think what you're getting at the way that i was thinking about it was not just about like how you feel about the efficacy of what you're doing when you go and actually do something yourself locally it's also that i think it's Mm -hmm. just like more your, your giving is more holistic like sure like a dollar is different than if you make a dollar for a minute at a time or something like that in your in your regular life right if you go and spend that minute um with someone else it's not like you're giving you're spending doing something in your community um rather than just giving Mm -hmm. the dollar your presence like your your energy the energy you are putting in is um is like more holistic you're more engaged with the actual activity which itself might be uh, which also might be a higher act of charity because like the person sees you standing in the you know at the soup like you know the soup line and you're giving out soup to people um uh you know homeless people then i think that there's i think there's something to be said for like you're giving being more holistic and it makes you know a a very strong impact for you to physically go do this thing but then, you know, mm-hmm. at the same time, if your dollar can go to Africa and feed five people, right, then you should probably give a dollar and go to this place for an hour. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that, right. like, that's the way of, like, the idea is for you to do, like, um, as much, like, holistic action, action as possible. I think that's just, like, a certain way of looking at that question. I'm not saying that's my answer or what I believe. What? I'm just saying that that's a way of, like, right, right, right. Uh, of thinking What do you think about, like... About, like uh... Like, what do you think about that we should all just drop what we're doing and, like, volunteer all the time or work for – or start a nonprofit or, like uh, – Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this is why, like – I'm, like, a pretty like... uncharitable person, though, so it's, like, uh, I'm much more I'm, – I think I'm, like, much more self-involved than you guys are for the sake of this conversation. I could have um, <laughs> Well, I don't – I think this is, like, where, like uh, – um, Capitalism could be a good thing in a way, you know, what? like where uh, no, <laughs> are we good? <laughs> where you know, it's like you get to like, um, like you have to manage your own like self health too. You know, right. like you can't just be if you. I, I don't think most people could be um, like they couldn't contrib- contribute to society uh, if all they did was contribute to society, For sure. right? Um, and at the end of the day, I I do really believe. Um, with all actions, it shouldn't be religious or like you shouldn't just act so purely. It should always be like, what's, what's the most effective thing I can do reasonably? Mm-hmm. Um, where you know, it's like if you're <laughs> this could be really dumb, but like you know, if you're dieting and you just hardcore switch your diet right away, that usually you're gonna go right back to binge eating. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's the same thing. It's just like be reasonable. Um, and one way we can be reasonable is like we can continue our lives and then actually just give part of that income back. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, you know, like I think it's capitalism just certainly in, makes it easier to be charitable. I, I think, yeah, really, really, the the point that that we should have been focusing on all along is like charity is about it's about efficacy, but not in like efficacy of the dollar. It's about you know people actually helped in meaningful ways. And I guess yeah. the, the the issue is finding out like what meaningful ways means, which maybe yeah. we haven't yeah. talked about enough. Well, I think yeah, yeah I mean. Um, this is something that I meaningful in this way is 
it's a all right, tough so, descriptor. I mean, it's, it's, oh, it's like, <laughs> well, okay. So like, I like get in this position where I talk to like, I have like artist friends and we're always like, what are we going to do? And then like a lot of times we just like, we just circle back to, well, you know, like art is like a, a good thing to do for people. Uh, yeah. I mean, but it's like, obviously the like the re- get out of that conversation, dude. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's it's like, door. obviously like yeah. you wanted to do that before you wanted to <laughs> so help true. Yeah. people. And how are you really like help it? You know, it's like, it's, is, is, is it some special class of helping people like when they hear music versus if you like serve them a hamburger I'm not sure <laughs> totally this is, <laughs> it's just funny when you actually say it like in, not in the context of us having a conversation about like why we do art it sounds ridiculous you know like <laughs> yeah it's it, it and I like I like and whenever find myself like teetering into that idea, <laughs> position gotta, like, I'm always like I am cringing myself with this <laughs> this is just but for some people I, I could see how you could be persuaded by that, like, as an artist, you could be, like, under the delusion that you're actually only helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would be meaningful for you, even though I would just argue you're confused. But <laughs> I don't know, like, guys. yeah, recently, like, for myself, I was in this, you know, I, I've just found myself with, like, zero time and I was trying to volunteer more. And I don't know if it was the right or wrong thing, but I just decided I really wanted to focus on um my music instead of like trying to split my time up in ways where i knew i wasn't gonna ever have any free time to really work on creative stuff Mm -hmm. and i wrestled back and forth if that was like a really selfish thing to do or if i'll you know i I need to do the work right now so that i can have you know more opera yeah i'll have a, a better ability in the future to do the things I want. Or if like my whole point for why I wanted to volunteer in the first place was more about an image of myself rather than the help I was going to do. Hmm. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? I like that, that's the, Tahani, the other thing that gets the tricky. Problem. <laughs> the Tahani problem. The good place Dude, the problem. Good place. Like, are do you, you guys at, watch like, the good place? Oh, yeah. that's great. We're gonna watch the next episode over. I already watched but... <laughs> I already watched the uh I already watched the new one this morning. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, well actually it's I mean it makes sense that whole show is about people like a uh, it's about going to heaven and then, you know, it's really not heaven because you, you think it's heaven at first because, yeah, all right. Whoa, spoiler, my bad. <laughs> Holy shit. Whatever. I know. Get on season yeah, two. But um, you think these two people are really good, um, so you think it must be heaven, but it turns out that they are uh, – their motivations for acting ethically were completely corrupt, and so that was, like, this important – Distinction. Like, distinction. I think that's less important um, in real life, like, in – you know, I think if, if I think Bill that Gates only becomes like important. Wanted on people to Day. think that he was. Yeah. <laughs> if Bill Gates just like wanted people to think that he was a good person, but he still donated five billion dollars to charity a year, I think that'd still be pretty ethical. <laughs> I think we're all okay with that on some level, you know. Yeah, and I, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah I guess so. It, but I mean, it's that. Uh, yeah. um, with Bill Gates, yeah, we know it's funny. He gives probably like way more than five billion dollars and still has lots of billions of dollars to spare yeah but yeah yeah there's also a problem too with just like i don't know how you know ethical it is to have a billion I mean, dollars yeah, you and i talk about I think... this all the time. that's like <laughs> yeah. that's like my biggest fucking problem i don't know i i have like, no idea how, like i don't know how you square the ethics of well i think it's this if you have two billion dollars and you give a billion in charity like you still haven't purge yourself of your great sin (laughs) you still have a lot more money to give like no that's a great if you have two billion dollars and you give up one you're still a billionaire and there's while i am not a 
full-blown communist i do believe that there should be like some limit where it's like but you know then, there should be a high score that you get like yeah. not like 999 million 999,999 you can't get to the billion but then russ hanneman has to spell billions with an m oh or three comma boy yeah. <laughs> um yeah yep 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 <laughs> Oh man. Well, that's pretty much all I need to say about this. Yeah, I think I think we've uh, you know, reached a conclusion as we always do on this segment. Uh, <laughs> which is no conclusion at all. <laughs> well, you know, my favorite philosopher Saul Kripke, he has the greatest quote in one of his books where he just like blows your mind with this I like this uh this whole puzzle on belief and then he's like you know I, i'm pretty sold on this philosophical theory but except for the fact that it is a philosophical theory it must be wrong yeah so i think maybe one day we'll, we'll have a whole topic on like how the problems with philosophy or like uh you know the the problems with solid answers oh that'd like, be a yeah, that would be a, good yeah yeah, yeah. Because we all do. There's all these stuff that we think about that we never really. I mean, we like, we're all pretty different, like ideologically. I mean, I guess you and Mark maybe are more similar. Well, it's, I mean, it's funny. Johnny takes things from a, a totally like a different perspective because of mm-hmm. our yeah. You know, what, what do you call it? Training, education, right? So like, yeah. training. <laughs> yeah. I have a very particular. <laughs> While set you of were skills. dating women, I was studying yeah. the books. I've got a bunch of skills. I will find you. Um, no, so, uh, but Johnny... Wow. Uh, Perfect <laughs> philosopher's blade. <laughs> I'm crushing the, uh, the impressions today. My Zizek, my, uh, my Liam Neeson. My Neeson. My, Neeson. my Liam Neeson. <laughs> my Neeson. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, there's, uh, there is a difference between, like, you know, Johnny looking at everything from kind of uh, the philo- analytic uh, philosophy background and then me being, you know, an attorney. You know, it's so many times that I'll be like, no, 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 this is the way that that works in the law. And Johnny will be like, but that's, that's really stupid. And I'm like, that's, that's, you know, that's okay, though. That's just what it is, you know. And we have to. No, we agree it's stupid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we agree it's, it's stupid. We all have, like, different. Yeah. You guys are, I think, much more, like, willing to engage with the world in a way that I'm not, too. I think that, like, like the your ideas about, like, political efficacy and, like, what. you, you, you the, Part of the reason that I, you know, took, took a little nap during the politics segment is. Um, it's like hard for me to get invested in political issues because while you guys are approaching things in the perspective of like, you know, these issues are like solvable and we should solve them. I'm approaching them from the issue of like, maybe these issues are solvable. I'd like to start a farm and not deal with it. <laughs> yeah. You, know? yeah, you would prefer. <laughs> I, would well, I definitely not engage. Can, yeah. I definitely can get into those modes. Um, and I, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's just like a, you know, in a, like, I don't know if I'm really like that what you're describing because mm-hmm. i mostly just sit in my room and make shit mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> you know like i don't know how you know I, just, I i give some of my money to charity and that's really all i do mm-hmm. like i'm not <laughs> but um the politics thing i think it's you might be right but it's just also um understanding the world you live in mm-hmm. yeah um and I, I think you know i just there's a natural curiosity in people for that that's not something special or like has to be connected to like um, policy beliefs or, yeah, totally. you know, uh, a positivism about how you can fix things on large scale issues. I think it's just like it, mostly if I'm reading about uh, how, you know, like when we talked about 
Catalonia, right? Like, I don't like. I'm never going to do anything about that. Knowing anything about that subject is purely to like satisfy a curiosity about the world. And start trying to convince all guys. I got this. I've got the answers. We're sending Johnny Paglino. the Henry Kissinger of of the millennial generation. Oh my god, kill me now. Someone just kill me now. Oh man. <laughs> Destroy me. But anyway, that that's fun. For sure. What's it's a fun day. It's a fun day. Yeah, it's Friday, motherfuckers. Oh, your dad, so your dad comes in and so he uh Jacob's dad's here right now visiting and um <laughs> He so he he orders some breakfast, so he goes out like uh, out of the apartment to get it from the delivery guy and then he walks into the wrong apartment and starts laying out the breakfast. <laughs> oh my god. Until he realized there is no dog crate. There is no... He walks around and he sees that it's not we're not there podcasting. Holy shit. <laughs> he packs it up and comes in here. And then opens the door and starts telling me the story while we're podcasting. Dude, he had to tell you that story right the fuck then, man. Like there was. A- it's true. Yeah. I didn't even feel bad. I was like shooing him away. He's like, no, you, <laughs> no, you don't hear you're this. shooing him away. He's like, no, 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 no. Take your headphones out. Take your headphones. This is. This is the same. This is the same man. Uh, while while Johnny and I were living together in Chicago, uh, my dad came to visit, and I th- I think. Um, we, we were all like we had all gone out we were all kind of drunk and trying to get a we were trying to hail a cab to get home and uh my dad sees a domino's delivery driver oh hails him then gets actually gets the domino's pizza delivery driver to drive us home successfully <laughs> hails the pizza driver yeah, and dude, gets him to take us moment. home what? it was obs- the world. I don't even think I was wearing a shirt. Yeah, the world functions for my father in a different way than it does for Seriously, most people. Seriously, clearly so. That's incredible. The rules are different. That's amazing. Yeah. That's you can't even knock that. That's like a, it's a big achievement. You're gonna tell your grandkids about that. Your grandfather was a great man. Your grandfather. <laughs> it was one time. He still is, yeah. but he was too. <laughs> he used to be, but he also is. You guys want to get into the recommendates? Take your golden recommendates, please. My dog is freaking out. Ready to? Uh, Mark, why don't you go first today? Okay, cool. So um, I've got two. One is related specifically to the uh, the charity topic oh that we God, talked about. Oh my God! Another today. fucking. I know. They're another double two feature. recommendation <laughs> game. I'm just taking license where I can, man. You, but so uh, charitynavigator.com is a really good website for um for judging the you know judging the efficacy of varying charities it gives you a um you know it gives you an, a conglomerated score out of 100 based on a number of criteria and then it lists out all that criteria so you know there is transparency right so they let you know how much information they release about the charity in other words how much do we know about what we're saying about this charity like you know their their CEO's compensation and then they'll list the CEO's compensation they will oh i love dude, that this is great oh my god it's so I it's like that. yelp and giving your money away yeah, the two what? least favorite things yeah. about capitalism <laughs> yeah it's great i love it um, but so <laughs> jacob's recommendation is going to be self harm well, they- <laughs> 
and, and so like the other things that the things I really like is that they have a breakdown of literally how much of their budget gets spent on administrative costs, advertisement, fundraising. So it'll be like, you know, 10% goes to administration, 20% to fundraising, right? 5% to X, Y, and Z. And then the rest goes oh, to that's the super cause, cool. right? And so this is, this is the way that um, uh, my girlfriend, Brittany, uh, is really into giving what small amount, you know, small amounts on a regular basis to varying charities that we end up, do, we do a lot of research on and we use Charity Navigator to find them out. So I would suggest that to anybody who's interested um, in particularly, you know, Christmas is coming up. It's the giving time of year when everybody gives money, I guess. So, you know, but so, um, uh, yeah, check it out. The other thing, this is brief and it's kind of funny. It's like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is a controversial recommendation or not, but I saw LCD sound system two weeks ago, uh, last Wednesday. Controversial. Right? Exactly. Last Wednesday, not two weeks ago. Like, you know, last Wednesday. And uh, they're on tour right now. Everybody should go see LCD Sound System. They still rock, dude. I can't believe it. James Murphy is getting like, so old. Why would he they... still rocks, dude. It's the best. I just don't... Like, they do... Like, I buy a ticket to see their final show. Oh, yeah, this is... The, it really... I watched, robbed you of that experience. Yeah, exactly. I watched the documentary about their last show. <laughs> about the show I went to. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. And then they're just touring again. Like, that's cool. Yeah. It's not cool, and I want my Fuck money back. Yeah, no, they are... Uh, they're still so good, man. It was awesome. It's not cool, and I would see them in a heartbeat. Dude, they're like, but, they're like, you know, you know $30,000 worth of synthesizers on that stage. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's seriously, it's really like, good. So yeah, much, so much. Yeah, good. but yeah, it's really yeah, good. Check totally them out. Fun. Coming to a city near you, <laughs> probably, <laughs> maybe. Unless you live in Miami, in which case they're already gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Aww. That's true. Hey, I, I was supposed to see them last year, and then the hurricane happened, and I didn't get to see them because they couldn't get their three semi trucks of equipment down to Miami <laughs> after the hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right. <laughs> All right, Johnny. What you what you got for us? Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go easy this week. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey, dude. Oh like, yes, oh, it's um, so awesome. Good. It's so much fun. It's awesome. So like Nintendo is basically I think they like after the Wii U and just them having like really like a bad lineup for a long time. They really went back and thought about what made the 64 generation. Kaiser. Amazing. Jesus. My dog's acting. <laughs> Which yeah, was so Harvest the, Moon and Super Mario 64. <laughs> and, uh, and Ocarina of Time. Yeah, yep, yep. And when things became three-dimensional, it we were the idea of exploration just blew up. Yeah. Right. Because now you have all you have an extra dimension in which you can like explore explore <laughs> shit yeah. you've never been able to before. Um, Nintendo went back and decided that like there's a promise of the open world genre that is like not really being delivered in the way that it, without the same magic as that first 64 kind of open worldness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Zelda breath of the wild really did that, especially the way they had this whole system. It's so interesting with triangles, how like if you ever look in one way, there's like, they, they, the whole game is designed like with this tri triangle system. So like you're looking at like, two different angles and then there's something in the middle that you can climb hmm. does that make sense it's hard to show without being graphical but like if let's say you're like at the apex of the triangle and you're looking out you could like look 45 degrees right 45 degrees left and that would and then like it they would there would be something in the middle oh, okay. mm -hmm. and like that's it that was a way that they started to like organize because it, it gives you two options 
to go around something and then one over it and then they allow you to do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They allow every mountain's climb. So that's why like Breath of the Wild just their entire philosophy was like let's just really think about exploration and like how we can like design from that level. Um and then Mario just does the same thing. It's not I don't think they use the same system, but it's all about just like there's just it's so like, much room for it's revolutionary in its like ability to generate nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, like that's nice that's because it's it just like it. There's there's you'll see things. It's like how can I even get there? And then you just spend like an hour, and then you can get there. Like everything is reachable. Yeah, in it's bizarre way. And you all, and, you have all the tools from the very beginning too. There's no, yeah, and there's like, multiple ways to accomplish stuff. Like I don't even in '64 a lot of the stars you really had to do it one way. This way you can. There's just so many yeah. different moves. And oh, the uh, moves. The oh, mo- the moves. there's so many moves. <laughs> you could just practice moves all day long, and the speed runs already are amazing um, in terms of things these people are pulling off. Um, yeah. So, anyway, I, I know you need a Switch for it, but it's probably worth just getting one for Zelda and Mario. Um, so, yeah, that's what I got. Nice. Dope. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and echo that one, but my, my recommendation for the week is, uh, is actually another podcast that I listen to. Um, it's called cooking issues with Dave Arnold. Um, he's a, he's a chef out of, uh, I think, I think he's out of like Brooklyn or something, but he, he like, um, teaches like, uh, cooking theory at Harvard. Um, he's a super interesting guy, super smart dude. Uh, and he runs it with, uh, his co-host Nastasia Lopez, Oh, um, nice. But basically, every yeah, week wait, they take in. What's they're the name all on Heritage again? Radio. Cooking issues. Cooking issues. Because I'm a, I'm a listen to that. Yeah, it's real good. Mm-hmm. But they just they talk about uh, people call in with like uh, they, they'll either call in or write in with like specific like technical issues they have. He talks a lot about sous vide. He talks a lot about smoking. Beautiful. A lot of it is like um, you know sort of like home molecular gastronomy stuff, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is just like generally useful food theory. Um, he talks about like transglutaminase. It, it, it just every every episode is just really 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 cool issues that people are sort of confronting with him with, and he either like has a solution or he's like, yeah, I've been trying to figure it out too. Turns out it's just not possible. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, really he's funny. super fun to listen to. His, sometimes um, I'm his, trying like, his... to make pulled pork foam. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. It, like he'll he, he will straight up be like, yeah, dude, stop trying to do that. Yeah, that's not it's not a thing. <laughs> there's, there's a reason you don't want to do that. There's a reason that nobody. He's like really. <laughs> He's really, uh, he's really like anti, like health. He's like uh, people that try to like cook healthy. He's like, there's definitely a place for like dieting healthy, but when you're cooking, stop doing that. Like, stop trying to find like alternatives to lard. Just use lard. You're not a vegetarian. Just, Just use, use lard, lard, dude. Oh man. Um. So yeah, so he's, he's super fun to listen to. Sometimes his son Booker is on the podcast, and he'll just like be really annoyed. It's like a very like fa- it's like family friendly, but also like very irreverent. I, it's it's really cool. Um, I love cooking issues. It is my favorite podcast other than ours. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, that's. I think that's all we got for the day. All right, time for breakfast. Yeah, let's eat. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, everybody, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you again on Monday.